Welcome to the Season of Soul podcast. My name is Dora Vandekamp, and I am a spiritual ecotherapy coach and manifestation expert. Are you ready for infinite abundance, ultimate wellness, and pure bliss? I am, and I know many of you are too. We are truly in the season of the soul, being called on to evolve, expand, and awaken. I am so honored to be able to share with you incredible wisdom from some of the most revolutionary teachers, gurus, and coaches. Each show contains powerful knowledge about inner and outer transformation. And now, let's go to the show. Hi, Lisa. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm excited to have you. Um, okay, so the first thing I would love to talk about is you are a new mama, which is amazing, and your baby is the cutest thing in the world. Um, I would love it if you could talk a little bit about uh, biohacking during pregnancy and uh, pre-pregnancy as well. Well, the first thing I did was when I decided that I want to have a kid, I got a hormone panel. I went through Everlywell. It tested my my testosterone, my cortisol, my my uh, yeah cortisol. I'm sorry, and then my estrogen. And I found out that I had high testosterone. So I found a um, a, a holistic medical company in Hayward, and they did a further blood analysis where it showed a bunch of things that were going on with me. So I fixed a B12 deficiency and I started doing a few peptides to help with my testosterone. And after about six months of that, we and doing some detox protocols, we ended up trying and uh, I got pregnant my first time trying. Amazing. And this is that 30, 36 years old. Wow. So you, anything after 35 they're going to deem a geriatric pregnancy and i uh, i just i just which is really just kind of like crazy the geriatric pregnancy at 35 <laughs> that's insane that's kind of like wow but yeah yeah it is pretty funny <laughs> and what are so tell us a little bit about peptides Peptides are an amino acid sequence. Some peptides, we actually eat a lot of peptides, like collagen. Collagen is a peptide. And we are finding that um, there are so many different peptides. A lot of the peptides that are really efficacious for changing hormones and uh, growth hormone, that kind of thing, are injected. So they're kind of in the gray area. And people always ask, well, why don't the pharmaceutical companies uh, make money off of peptides. And it's because a lot of them are injected. They really cannot be compounded into oral. There are things like BPC 157 that help with your gut. There are all sorts of peptides that can help you with all sorts of things with cognition, with hormones, with fat loss, with gut, with Crohn's. They're finding that the BP 157 helps with Crohn's and wow. that kind of thing. People who are sensitive mm. so i i want to actually do them again i haven't done the bpc 157 but that's gonna be my next thing after i'm done breastfeeding and the only reason why i'm not doing peptides right now is women who breastfeed and women who are pregnant they're not studied so that's why a lot of things while you're pregnant are 
frowned upon is because you really can't do studies on them. So I'm sure that peptides would be fine, but just out of caution, I'm going to wait. How interesting. So, so you did that. And then, um, what were some other things that you did? Um, you were, you, you planned a little bit beforehand, right? And what were some of the things, the other things that you did before pregnancy? I did coffee enemas. <laughs> I did the black box from Christopher Shade from Quicksilver Scientific. I did a lot of sauna. I did some cold therapy, like cold showers, ice bath. And I really just cleaned up my environment. You know, we got the, the molecule, which is a really good air filter. And we started using that because our townhouses are kind of on the street. We're in California. There are so many different nanoparticles that are floating around. So I was really about biohacking my inside and my environment. I started bringing in more plants, but that was, you know, just keeping working, working out and eating good and drinking good water and drinking teas, all that kind of stuff really got my body ready. I knew that I wanted to make my room a clean, safe place for my baby. Cause that placenta is the very first home your baby's in. And your placenta gets everything from the mom, not just while they're pregnant. But that's the thing too, is uh, I was just reading this post about how babies can take up to 15 pounds of minerals from a mother during the course wow. of pregnancy, which is very interesting to me. And the thing is, if your detox pathways are not clear and open, then those minerals, your baby's going to have a harder time getting those minerals. It's going to be a lot more dirty, per se, from things in our environment. I also cleaned up like my makeup. I made sure, started throwing, I don't wear a lot of makeup, but I started throwing away the makeup that I knew, you know, was pretty trendy and not, and toxic. So I really cleaned that up as far as like my skin hygiene. And then the oral hygiene. People don't realize that you got to keep your teeth nice, yeah. especially when you're pregnant, because I didn't know this till the end, but I have a um, dental work on my front tooth. And my front tooth from just the hormones and stuff started to get like, dark and brown it's fixed now I went and got it polished but women don't realize that a lot of times you get a lot more tartar buildup you're because of your hormones like there are so many different changes in your body and a lot of them too have to do with your oral biome a lot more pregnant women too are prone to cavities because you know oh, why they sleep with their mouth open more and the mm. bigger you get the more you sleep with your mouth open and uh, I think I talked to you about this last time about the mouth taping yes and how I take my mouth shut because it helps with deep sleep, it yeah. helps with gingivitis, it helps with biofilms, which cause cavities. Uh, it's also really good for your gut biome. That's the thing is, if you're mouth breathing, you're putting things into your mouth that go in your saliva, down to your stomach. And, at, and we already know that in California, we're dealing with the wildfires. Yeah. So that's another thing too. Oh, you know what too? I took Restore. Do you know what Restore is? No. Bush. He has a drink, which I like. It's kind of expensive, but he has a nasal spray. And it's really good for gut biome. It's good for like glyphosate exposure. Interesting. And I know that mold and bacteria yeah. and smoke, a lot of it, like mold especially, will proliferate in your nasal cavity from breathing it in. So gross. So it actually helps with kind of cleaning the nasal cavity out. That's so and interesting. Um, so the nasal spray, I saw you using it like yesterday. And um, how often do you take it? Do you do it like once a day or is it like throughout the day? Uh, if, I'm, if I'm good on it, yeah, about once a day. With the fires and stuff, I've been taking it almost twice a day. Okay. But, you know, it's funny because sometimes I forget that I have it. You know, mm. when you're a biohacker. There's you so have many things. 
You got drawers and drawers of supplements, and you have things everywhere. Yeah. You have your red lights. You have all your mm -hmm. devices. You yeah. have your tracking ring. You have. It's just amazing being a biohacker. I have spent so much money. Yeah. Nootropics. Yeah. On, you know. I know. It's. It's so true. And the things you, that are on your wish list too, like, like, you know, a red light panel, a sauna, uh, you know, this supplement, that supplement, like people have like handbags and shoes. Like, no, no, no. Oh, we have biohacking equipment. <laughs> That's I'm like, you got two coach bags. I'm like, I got four red light panels. Exactly. What? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wait. So let's, let's go back to mouth taping a little bit more because that's, I think fascinating for a lot of people. I don't think it's a trend per se yet. It's kind of something people are still learning about. So what kind of tape are you using to tape um, your mouth? And then are you doing it every night? How does that work? I try to do it every night. Mm -hmm. Obviously I'm breastfeeding, so I'm up a few times. So I do take the tape off and on, but I use a Band-Aid just like a regular adhesive kind of tape. There are, um, on Amazon, you get, it's called like Somni, Somniflex, and it actually looks like a lip, and there's like a little thing, like a little slit, but they're pretty expensive. Because I'm always doing it, I just feel like I can get a few band-aid tapes for under three bucks, and I can use that. I do it all the time. So the thing is, when we breathe through our nose, we make NNO, it's nasal nitric oxide. We don't make it through our mouth. And you notice when you do yoga classes, or even like when I'm teaching Pilates, we really advocate breathing through your nose. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that nose breathing helps with parasympathetic, which means the rest and digest portion of your body within the nervous system. It's also good for um, calming you down for anxiety, for depression. I really believe in that. We are, I don't know about you, I'm a type A person. I talk fast. I can catch myself when I get worked up, my breathing is, is short and mm -hmm. shallow. And a lot of us are not using our lung capacity. Mm -hmm. So that's really important. Mm -hmm. Another thing is, and you're going to laugh. So the reason why I got really into mouth taping is I found out that if you do it, I, I really wish I got into it when I was in my 20s. Now I'm in my 30s. Mm -hmm. But they see the younger you get started with the mouth taping, the more symmetrical your face oh. gets. So they say that from us sleeping with our mouth open, it makes our eyes and our nose unsymmetrical, which I thought was really interesting, right? And it's funny because it makes sense. And I just looked at yeah. a picture of myself from like just four years ago, mm -hmm. and I've been not taking off and on for about three years. You know? Wow. Now okay. I'm a lot more consistent. Yeah. But my face, like my smile, used to be like. Kind of like <laughs> it did. I and believe I it. Yeah. Higher than yep. the other, and now I look at my face, and it looks so much more just like symmetrical because I've been sleeping with my mouth closed. Well, and and we talked, we've talked about this, but with Weston Price too, the oral health and all of that, it's so connected to the face shape. And even I bet you, it's had an impact on the skull and face shape of your baby as well, because that's what they say is you know a lack of nutrition, but probably the the oral health of your body is going to be passed on to him so it's very interesting to think about yeah. another thing that you are very conscious about is emfs and i know you were 
conscious of that during pregnancy. So can you talk about that? Yeah, well, EMFs are electromagnetic fields. We have native EMF, which would be right now outside the blue sun. That's blue when it's outside. And we have non-native EMF, which is blue light, like kind of on the computer, on your TV, on your cell phone. And non-native EMF is actually light. It's a blue light. It's an electromagnetic field. So there are good and there are bad, but the thing is we're exposed to and I just started Dr. Mercola's EMF book. It's so interesting. We are exposed to one quintillion times more EMFs um, now than we did 100 years ago. And EMFs are only 170 years old. EMFs wow. can be harmful or are harmful to ourselves, to our energy, to our mitochondria. So I made sure that during pregnancy, because I knew I was exposed to EMF that I was protecting myself. A big EMF that I learned about are your car seat warmers in the mm -hmm. engine in your car. Mm -hmm. So I always had with me an EMF blanket when I went in my car. And I was pregnant during the winter, which is perfect. I loved it. Um, I know. I would like wrap myself in that thing all the time. Like you're just protected, you know, because they're everywhere. It, it creates a barrier. Yeah. yeah. The one I had was not, it's not too big. I think they just came out with a bigger one recently. But I think it's from the Defender Shield, and I love my EMF blanket. I also took molecular hydrogen during pregnancy. I'm actually drinking it. I'm trying to finish it right now. All the gas is probably released. But H2, H2 is one of the best ways to keep yourself radio protected. I also, underneath my laptop, I have a, an EMF radiation pad. I was going to show you, but I'm not going to look like <laughs> So I'm always trying to find things to keep myself. I'm also hardwired. So our house is, I was using an ethernet hardwire, but now we just got fiber optic, which is EMF free, which is amazing because I live in townhouses. I'm mm -hmm. sure I'm still getting some of my yeah. neighbors, you know. We have that too. Us. Yeah. But I'm always trying to do things. I'm also getting sun. I try to make sure I get sun and also magnesium. So part of what EMFs do is it, it, uh, makes a deficiency in the magnesium calcium channel. So when you guys are taking different forms of magnesium, which I take seven different forms. I've taken it during all during pregnancy. I still take my magnesium. If you saw my sleep scores, you'd be amazed. I'm a new mom and I'm getting that much sleep. I mean, it's not, it's not, you know, incredible, but it's still, I'm getting, I'm sure it's very incredible compared to most new moms. Yeah. Well, I also do use the red light. So that's, that's another thing too, that with EMF, like with the overhead light, fluorescent light, flicker, I like to use red lights all the time, even during the day. Um, if you guys also, I'm a nut, even like little lights <laughs> in the room, I'll turn off. Me too. A little like I'm blue and green things, you know? Yeah. Same. I just got red scotch tape and I got Dave Asprey because he has like a little red sheet where it has all sorts of like different dots and different squares put over things. Even our fan is, I put like little strip. Our refrigerator, I got red tape and our, we have the light that like is. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? I can't like take it out. So I just put red tape over it. I'm going to so get that. I don't have that yet, but it's another thing I need now. Dave Asprey's red light sticker sheet. That sounds yeah. great. You want to keep things because we're always bombarded with all these lights. And especially at that night, you don't want to mess up your melatonin releasing. Mm -hmm. I wear the blue blockers, which also is really good for EMF at night. If you're going to be on your phone, if you're watching TV. Another thing is the iris text. 
Iris Tech uh, software. Mm -hmm. So Iris Tech is a program. I'm sure you have it on your computer. You can get it. It's 15 bucks for the license. You install it. And it's got different modes. Like it'll show like a biohacker modes, like double negative. Mm -hmm. You have a sleep mode, which is red. And I usually keep it on my health mode during the day, which it doesn't take all of the blue out, but it reduces the hue substantially. I've had so many people look at my computer screen and be like, what's wrong with it? Why is it red? Same with my phone. Cause it's, it's pretty red, but I'm protecting my, not only my eyes, but my skin. Cause that's, it's like the sun shining on your face all day. If you're looking at a screen with blue light. So well, you know where for women, we have the mitochondria. We have mitochondria, some of the highest mitochondria in our eye, our brain, our heart. But for women, we have eight times as much mitochondria in our ovaries than our wow. brains, which is amazing. And that's the thing too, is people don't realize that. That's another reason I want to kind of clean up my cells, clean up my mitochondria. Um, I also did a little bit of fasting too before I got pregnant, but I never did anything more than yeah but i want to get my mitochondria ready because we think that it's 50 50 but it's actually mostly 80 90 where we have we give about 80 90 percent of our mitochondria whatever's left over the guys are giving yeah so i knew that the baby i'm gonna pass the baby my mitochondria but did you also know so another reason i detox i got ready is when you get pregnant not only do you pass on your mitochondria your powerhouses your energy of yourself that's gonna be helpful for your baby for immunity for energy for health for growing but you also pass on your heavy metals from your body so like the baby takes some minerals and vitamins it also takes heavy metals that you have from your body too because your body doesn't know no. your body's trying to and that crosses it crosses the placenta those heavy metals right Absolutely. yeah yeah which so, you know, before even getting pregnant, that's one of the big things you want to detox from is, is heavy metals. Absolutely. And mm -hmm. even watching, again, your deodorant, is your heavy metal in your deodorant? There is heavy metal in your makeup. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that they're, you know, part of what tattoo ink is. Yeah. Is heavy metal too. I've heard that too. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I didn't know that, but, you know, I'm detoxing and it's a work in progress. I think two people go, oh, I detox for six months, you know, I'm good now, but that's not the case because you need to keep constantly reevaluating and coming back and doing something different or yeah. giving yourself a different way to open up your pathways because there's always going to be something always. You're yeah. supposed to. It's the, the world we live in. It's very hard to avoid any of those heavy metals and toxins and all the other stuff too. Um, Tell us a little bit more about molecular hydrogen. I know you're big on that. Love it. Yeah, because it's just such a good supplement. It's something that kids can take. It's pregnancy friendly. It's breastfeeding friendly. It's a very first element on the periodic table. It's the very first gas on the planet before oxygen. When people go scuba diving, deep sea diving, you actually do half hydrogen, half oxygen because your body can process hydrogen better at deeper depths mm. where oxygen wouldn't really be as efficacious, which I think is really interesting. It's also good for insulin sensitivity, for um, recovery, for inflammation. I swear by it after my workouts, I'll drink it during my workouts. It's such a good supplement that has so many uses for it. 
there are no side effects. But the biggest thing too is it keeps you radio protected. So we have a master antioxidant called the glutathione. And things like the coffee enemas and eating certain foods and being exposed to nature help with bringing it up. When we're exposed to EMFs, our glutathione goes down. And they did a research study where they gave people plain water and they gave people H2 and they exposed them to some type of EMF device. I don't remember. But at the end of the study, the people who had the top water, the glutathione went down. And the people who had the hydrogen water, the glutathione was unchanged which means that it was being protected. So we're finding that it's really radio protective for ourselves. And in this almost about to be 5G world, we need to find something. Mm-hmm. And I just listened to a, a three hour podcast with Brian Hoyer and Ben Greenfield because they went to his house in, in on the forest in Washington and spoke in. And he had, it was amazing. He had radio channels going through his house in the middle of the forest, but they were talking about grounding clothing and all this, you know, this EMF clothing that's coming out, which I think is awesome. Yeah, I think it was awesome. we need it. And Brian Hoyer was saying how it can actually cause the opposite of a Faraday if you're in urban areas, which I thought was Wow. Well, they say that about a car, too. Like, if you are inside of a car and you have your phone on, you're, like, inside. You're, you're like, radiating the, the crap out of yourself because it's like, it's keeping those waves inside of the car. And so it's like hardcore EMFing you. And then if you have the seat warmer on. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, major EMF. Yeah. It's, pollution. yeah. A lot of, a lot of that, a lot of that going on. Yeah. And that's the thing too, is people don't realize like, they think, oh, EMF is just something that, you know, people are just like being crazy about. No, just because you cannot feel it does not mean that it's not making a negative impact on your biology. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and that's the thing. A, a big thing for our generation, especially, is that we're very much about the now, uh, which is also important. You know, living in the present is important, but um, we're not really into thinking about the long-term consequences. So it's really about preventing disease, preventing aging, preventing cancer. Once you have it, you don't want to have to fix it, right? You want to prevent that kind of thing from happening. Um, but that's not something most of us are very concerned with. So I think it's good to think about those things before they happen. Try to prevent those things from happening. Same with same with during pregnancy, right? And even before pregnancy, it's about preparing your body um, and thinking about all the things that um, you know you want. You want to prepare your your body for that for holding that baby for nine months and, and growing a healthy baby. So not having to deal with the consequences afterwards. It's kind of like how I figured it was that way, that placenta is my baby's first home. I want to give my baby hardwood floors, yeah. a waterfall marble, kitchen. Yeah. I wanted to have vaulted ceilings. I love it. So I want to give my baby what I call like an HGTV placenta. I love I it. Want- have a good yes I love it and he was he was very happy I'm sure um and so some of the supplements that you took um also included I know that you you had said that you had a hard time eating certain things when um you were pregnant so you had to take some supplements to make up for that as well 
Well, a little bit. I used to eat a lot of, I, well, I'm eating steak now, but when I first got pregnant, I could not stand the smell of meat, the look of meat. My boyfriend had to, where I would be like, you know, slapping a, a big steak <laughs> on the grill. I could not get myself to eat it. I tried wow. to eat it like one or two bites and it just wasn't, it just wasn't how it was. So I did eat ground beef. I started eating hot dogs, which I never used to eat. Wow. So I, I did supplement with beef liver, but I would, I'm still supplementing with beef liver because it's really good for vitamin C. It's got B vitamins. Mm -hmm. It's, it's one of my favorite supplements I have to say for anyone, even if you're not pregnant to be taking, it's good for your hair, skin and nails. I'm really a big fan. And there are a lot of the biohacker friends you see them where they eat raw liver and I'm, I've I'm done that, that but it's gross. I've done it too. Yeah. My girlfriend made me a, a raw liver shake. And I've I, done that, yeah. <laughs> and people are like, you blend it? And, 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 yeah. I don't Beverly, but yeah, it was, it was definitely... It's an experience. Well, it's crazy because, you know, so I grew up in Holland and we ate liverwurst, right? So I love, love the taste of liver. But most people are not big fans. But, you know, our ancestors, they all ate, most of them ate organ meats we're not used to that, you know? So I think having a tablet is, is much easier to stomach. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I was going to say too. Um, so I also took, so the beef liver was really good, but I also took um, it's K2 with D3 mm -hmm. together. And I know that you asked me it's Bronson. That's, I wrote it down. Real quick. Oh, yeah. yay. Awesome. That's the one I use. I use a spore based probiotic, Dr. Tobias. Because a lot of probiotics, people don't realize with the hydrochloric acid that you guys have, probiotics usually don't even make it to mm -hmm. your gastrointestinal. Right. When you guys have a spore or soil-based probiotic, it can actually fight through the hydrochloric acid and deliver the probiotics and the prebiotics that your body needs. So that's what I like about the chocolate spice is pre, prebiotics and probiotics, which I really like. That's good to I know. Also, I also, um, I also took that seven forms of magnesium. I, I, yeah. I is it that. one, is it one tablet that's seven forms or is it like seven different? So I just, so I'm on one that is the seven forms from Dr. Myers. But when I was pregnant, I honestly was buying three different magnesium forms yeah. to get all seven so I can have one. But now I just found a formula. That that's amazing. Happen. I'm going to have to look into that because so I've taken I've kind of fluctuated between different forms, but I usually just take one form at a time. Um, but uh, yeah, I've never thought about just taking them all at once, but it's great that there's something out there like that. Um, the other thing uh, I wanted to touch on is meat. So, you know, it, some people eat a lot of meat during pregnancy. Some people don't. Do you feel like it's important to eat uh, like grass-fed meats? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And if you have fish, you want to have wild fish. Yeah, absolutely. I was actually eating pastured meats. So okay. that's the thing with grass-fed is they can they can still label it grass-fed and then they finish it with corn to fatten them up and then they slaughter them. Mm -hmm. So now if if you're going to be grass-fed, you want to make sure it's grass-fed and grass-finished. Okay. Um, but I just really started eating a lot more pasture beef. I would go to the local farmer's market. If I was eating, I ate a lot more fruit and carbohydrates during pregnancy because 
you know, I, I work with a lot of women who feel like, oh, I need a really still diet and keep my sugar and my carbohydrates down when I'm pregnant. No. Your baby's thyroid needs carbohydrates and sugar. Mm. So I made sure that I had fresh fruits and they were, had to be cold. That was my thing. Yeah. I was eating dates towards the end of the pregnancy. I really didn't worry too much about what I ate because I knew after the baby, I could change that. Right. Right. that I didn't need to follow a food ideology, keto, carnivore, paleo, which yeah. I mean, I guess I was, if I had to label it, I was pretty paleo, sweet potatoes and rice, but it was, it was very interesting, you know, I really enjoyed yeah. different things and trying and listening. It's so funny how I tell people when you're pregnant, there's someone else ordering off the menu, Okay. There really was like again the hot dog. I am like cold um, Asian pears and then oranges. My baby's part Chinese, so it's so funny. I started craving Chinese food. I never ever ate Chinese. That's so funny. Uh, this little guy, when he was in me, he was he was born up. He loved sushi. That was my thing too. Oh my gosh, sushi! Not I loved meal. Really? Yeah. Oh. It's funny. He's already opinionated and before he's not even born yet. I love it. I know. So keep teasing. It'll be interesting because they say too, when you're in the womb, part of the reason you want to try not to eat so crappy is your baby starts forming what they like in your womb, like while they're in your placenta, which is really interesting to me. So I try not to eat too much junk food. I try to really watch myself. You know, a few gluten-free cookies got in there. Yeah. Well, that's all right. Not, yeah. It's not the worst I thing. I know, exactly. You think about you see pregnant people eating McDonald's and you're like, oh. no. That makes me like, I can't even deal with it. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about post-pregnancy because I know that you, um, you did have a doula. So that was something that you, did you have her during pregnancy or just did you just do post-pregnancy? had her for post-pregnancy because doulas were not allowed in the delivery room. They're considered non-essential, which is complete bullshit if you ask me. But with COVID and everything going on, I knew that I needed for my mental health to get some just extra support, not just, you know, your mom and your family, but someone outside of your family for support. So I invested in my doula cherish after my pregnancy and she was amazing there are so many things that we did we did a lot of ancestral things which I think was awesome like that whole 40 days she had me drinking a lot of warm things even my tap water she wanted me drinking warm so I tried to cut out as many cold things I had a lot of broth a lot of teas so part of the reason why they say women deal with postpartum depression is that women mourn the loss of growing something in their body. And in Chinese culture, it's believed that women go cold. So what we want to do is, well, the idea is to eat warming foods to keep your womb warm so that as it heals, it's almost like a very feminine, rejuvenating experience for your womb instead of shocking it with cold things when it's already kind of morning. They kind of, mm. they look at it as an organ, as like a, its right. own entity, which it is. Right. It absolutely is. Yeah. How interesting. Yeah. I know that that's something that, and Chinese medicine is really important is the 
the chi, right? So the chi is like the energy, right? Exactly. So, um, and right. And then the cold actually like blocks the chi from flowing. Right. So it makes a lot of sense. How interesting though. I love that. And so you were eating a lot of warm foods. Um, and then what, what were some other things that I know you, you had said she had made like a tea that you were drinking. I actually drank her tea while I was pregnant too. So she has a pregnancy tea that had like red raspberry leaf and all these different herbs to help support me and my baby. And then after I had her postpartum tea, I also use a perennial oil, which is an oil that I use um, down there just to, just before it helped with, I really think it did help with tearing and it helps mm -hmm. with recovery and, and that kind of thing. I also use her belly oil, which helped with, with again, there are so many different herbs to help like nourish and rejuvenate my belly and, and the skin around it for doing such an amazing job for growing oh my, my baby. I know. We don't realize that we need to like give homage to these kind of things. And when we talk about, you know, my um my my birth plan, my birth preferences, I'll kind of talk a little bit more on that. But she did spiritual baths, we did belly binding, we did bone binding, we did pelvic floor examinations mm -hmm. and how we did so many things that I feel like really helped me with getting myself to a place where I do feel like I'm almost back to normal. It's taken wow. a while. And with COVID, I mean, it's a new type of normal. But as far as my body and my my mental health and uh, how I'm feeling like around with the baby, it, things, are, things are getting easier. Well, but it's, I mean, for how long, how, how old is he now? Three months? That's, that's no time at all. I mean, for some people, they feel like that, you know, the normal, not, I don't know if there is a normal, but like not getting back to normal for years, you know? So I think three months, we, we, we talked about this too, is it's like the fourth trimester, right? So, yes, so that's it's your time. People, yeah. The fourth, we don't have three trimesters. We have four trimesters and everyone will tell you that there are the four trimesters the hardest. There's a podcast called yeah. the Four Trimester yeah. that was literally dedicated to those three months that you are healing and learning how to be a mom, which is a lot harder than being pregnant where, you know, when I'm pregnant, I just, you know, I didn't really have to worry about too much. I'm growing and be safe right. here. Now when the baby's out, you gotta worry about feeding, napping, diapers. And those are, those are just, you know, the first few months. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot more that goes into it and there's a lot more stress, anxiety, and especially in the climate we're in, yeah. there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. Like I get, I give moms who are pregnant where I have the babies right now, like kudos because it yeah. is, it's a lot different. It feels very, it feels a, a lot of the, a lot of women are alone too. You know, they feel very alone, which and is that's hard. Funny. I was just talking about someone about how, how wrong the social distancing is because ancestrally men went off hunting but women were were the ones that held the village together we took care of the kids we cooked together yeah. we did each other's hair yeah. we cleaned together we went down to the river and did our you know I know together we're I very it. women especially we're very tribal we need to be in a community yeah which is why I've been doing my online classes because even for me I knew I had to be back with my people in my yeah. community yeah. And those of you who might not know, we're shelter in place right now. And I'm a fitness instructor. I do have a gym in Hayward and have not been able to open in yeah. a little over five months now. 
So I've been going online doing classes and it's been such a lifesaver because I do, I get to see my people. I get a little bit of social interaction, but that's how we naturally are. Yeah. We need it. We're social creatures. I actually learned that like a few years ago. It was so interesting to me because so that's why women, when we're together too, we love to talk. We're super, you know, vocal. And then men, when they're together, because, you know, when they were hunting, you're quiet, you're still. So they sit together. Maybe they're, I don't know, watching a game or, you know, whatever men do when they're together, but they're much quieter. You know, it's not like they're chit chatting the whole time. It's a lot about like, just kind of being together, but doing an activity or something like that. So it's very interesting how even though it's many years later, that's still something very innately uh, practiced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's super interesting. So tell us a little bit about, you said you didn't do a birth plan, you did birth preferences. And so why did you do birth preferences? Because I felt like if we get set on that birth plan that there was no um, leeway to put anything else in. There was no, there's no other alternatives for me. So I want to do birth preferences because so many women were telling me your birth is not going to go according to plan. Like have like, like A, B and C. So I just had what I would prefer and I brought it, I made sure that I printed it up. But the number one thing is making sure your midwife or your OB is on the number on the same page with you. I have to say that first because your birth preferences are not going to matter if your OB or your midwife and you are not on the same page. And it's important that you keep voicing it and that you overly communicate your birth mm-hmm. preferences. I feel like with birth, sometimes women can get silent. They want to do one thing, but they're not going to speak up or advocate for right. themselves. And I think that's such a big mistake. So as far as birth preferences, because um, I did have it at a hospital, I did think about doing a home birth, but our, my hospital was it's like a two minute drive, which was good. And I was so lucky. I found a really good OB that was so chill about everything. Wow. He was like, yeah, work out to you. Da, da, da. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's fine. Yeah. Very low. He might be like kind of like a, a surfer, like an older <laughs> surfer guy mentality. He was just calm, cool, and collect, like, every single, my baby was small, he was like, nothing to worry about, that's good, you know, I kept telling that I didn't want to see section, and I want a vaginal birth, so that was the number one thing, is I want a vaginal birth, I also, because I was having a boy, I, I said no circumcision, I'm not a fan of circumcision, Mm -hmm. you know, last time I got a little heated, yeah, because for me, I feel that circumcision is a boy's first trauma, I don't think that there's any medical reason for it. People go, oh, it's more hygienic to be circumcised. And that's absolutely a myth. Yeah, it is a myth. So I'm I'm total anti-circumcision. And I didn't want my baby circumcised. I also asked for them to when they when they delay when they um, clamp the cord to have it delayed until we cut it, till it stopped pulsing. So my baby got more stem cells. We talked about blood bank cord or cord bank blood, <laughs> cord bank donating, right? Right, 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 cord, yeah. Cord bank, you know what I'm talking right, about. Right, right, right. You keep the cord in a bank, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A, a blood cord banking. That's yeah, 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 that's what it is. Say that five I know. Times. <laughs> so hard. Yeah, yeah, blood cord banking. Yeah. But it was so expensive, and I ended up doing that, 
I also asked for delayed vaccinations. I asked for a delayed bath so they could sit in their own vernics, which is really good. Uh, what else did I ask for? I asked for low light. So I actually brought my red light panel. I'm sure you're not surprised. I brought my red light panel with me. I love that. And I would cover, I got sheets and I covered the computer monitor. I oh my God, I love it. You took control of that room. That's good though. Uh, That's amazing. I brought, like, water. I brought like a little EMF beanie for the baby. That's like oh. a for when he was Yeah, because the hospital is in an in intense EMF zone, <laughs> really. Yeah. Yeah, I, I brought my EMF blanket with me. I was drinking my molecular hydrogen with me. I love it. That's amazing. Yeah, so, and I asked for a short hospital stay as short as possible, which is really cool. My doctors were were really good about that. Um, I didn't want a episiotomy, which is where they will actually cut part of your perennial to help with laying the baby out. Yeah, that's so bad. That's the big thing is people go, should I tear or should I get the No, you should tear. And it's actually, exactly. It's a lot easier for you to tear because your body recovers quicker from you from your own body tearing as opposed to having a scalpel cutting you. Yeah, and some, some women actually have... Uh, like loss of feeling down there. They, they don't ever truly heal. Um, it's yeah, it's a, it's a bad, I mean, I don't want to say it's a bad thing, but, um, it's definitely better to tear for sure. Yeah. I also, um, I asked for, I told you I asked for the delayed bathing, but with that, when we did bathe the baby, like right before I got this charge, I brought my own supplies with me because I just, I didn't want to use Johnson and Johnson stuff, so I brought no. my own stuff to wash the baby that's with. That's good. And I think that's important too, is you don't realize they're going to be using crappy stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, the other thing I know, you really wanted to keep the placenta. And... Oh, yeah. That's the other thing <laughs> I totally forgot. Yes, I did ask for the placenta. And so the really interesting thing in, with the placenta is in the Western culture, as soon as you birth, they, they label the placenta biohazard and they pretty much throw it away. But a lot of cultures, like Eastern cultures, they encapsulate them, they eat them, they're good for hormone, mm -hmm. they're, they're good for um, getting yourself back to how you were feeling. Yep. So I did get my placenta encapsulated, but I had to bring a cooler with me. I had to sign a waiver saying that I'm taking this biohazard thing out of the hospital and it had to be out of the hospital within an hour after I delivered. They were so strict and they acted like what I was asking was completely alien. But yeah, so yeah, I did that and I'm so glad that I encapsulated my placenta because I, it's not just about whatever the benefits are. It's about honoring my baby. Again, my baby's HGTV home. Yes. You know, I worked so hard to make sure that that placenta was going to be a cool little hot tub with lots of good nutrients and yeah. know, a lot of good mitochondria so that he would grow and have a strong immunity. I wanted to really honor that. Mm -hmm. And I think that we don't. I think we're like, oh, well, here we go. Let's just throw it away. It's Well, and that's the, there's a book that I, I think I, I, love this book. It's, it changed my life actually, because it, so it's called the forbidden chakra. And she basically says in this book, it's by Robin Lim, who is incredible. Um, and she's a doula. And she says that, you know, this is the baby's twin in during, 
um, pregnancy. It's like the, the brother or the sister of the baby in the womb and they're best friends, right? It's like, it's almost like the baby's first home, first mom, and it's nourishing the baby. And then in Western medicine, they just throw it in the garbage. Like it's nothing, you know? And I think there are some doctors who have a little bit more awareness, but just in general, it's, it's labeled a biohazard, right? So in most other cultures, it's revered. It's, you know, they, they bury it or they do a ceremony over it, or they leave the baby connected to it and all these different things. And so, um, yeah, it's definitely, uh, a different idea that we have in our culture. Yeah. I shared last time about how in the Hmong culture, when a placenta, when a mother, mother has a baby, if it's a girl, they'll put the placenta underneath the bed, they'll like find some way to put it underneath where they sleep, the parents' room. Yeah. And when they have a boy, they bury it right in front of their house to help keep their house protected, which I think is beautiful. It is beautiful. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, so one of the other things that you had said was you were, um, you didn't do any like eye drops or anything like that with when, so you said delayed vaccinations and I know you were against them putting the eye drops in. I know this is a big question for a lot of, uh, expecting moms. They wonder if they should do the eye drops or not. So why didn't you do the eye drops? Uh, well, my baby got an Apgar score 10, which is appearance, grimace, um, gosh, I forget, reflex and something else. I forget, but it's, he got the highest score. So he was bright eyed, bushy tailed. He looked really good. A lot of those eye drops are antibiotics and people go, oh, it's for the baby to help for any eye infections and stuff. But the thing is when you put the antibiotics on, a lot of the times the babies are crying and moving around. It can get down and go into their mouth and it's antibiotics. Yeah. When they're born. When they're born. So, and the thing is, when your baby comes out of your, when you have a vaginal birth, you are seeding, microbiome seeding your baby. As your baby comes out with its mouth open, you are seeding their microbiome. You're giving them better gut health. You're giving them boosts of mental clarity. There is so much benefit to having a vaginal birth. And women who have C sections, I'm not, I don't want anyone thinking I'm, I'm, you know, talking smack or anything because I'm not. But it is healthier to have a vaginal birth. So I knew that my baby's microbiome was pretty good and that I had been eating good. So I just didn't think that there's too many necessary things after. And you fought to have a vaginal birth, right? Because that wasn't something that they were thinking you were going to be able to have during uh, the delivery. Yes. So that's another reason with birth preferences. You want to do a birth preference than a birth plan because there were two times they had to call the emergency. They had to pull the emergency cord because my contractions were so bad that they were making my baby's heart rate go down. And it was pretty scary. And then they would just put me in another position and I begged the doctor for no C-section. At one point they threw my boyfriend, Matt, the scrubs and they were going to like get the OR ready. And I was just, I had to beg for them not to take me to the OR. Then when I got to 10 centimeters, then I, and then I went from five or like from six to eight really quickly, too quick. And then I got to 10 and I wasn't a face, like my cervix wasn't open. They're like, you're just, they're like, you're too tight. You're not going to be able to, to deliver this baby vaginally. And I told the OB, I was like, just give me, give me half an hour. Like, let me labor for half an hour more. 
And he was like, okay, I'll let you labor for half an hour more. And he comes back and he lets me labor for an hour. Nora, I never cried. I never prayed to a higher spirit. I was telling myself mantras like, I open up like a flower. I'm opening like a flower. I was just, I was so focused yeah. on like thinking about my lower half and, and delivering this baby. And when the doctor came back, he was like, wow. He said, you're ready to push. Wow. And I for an hour and my baby amazing. came out and he was perfect. He didn't have any jaundice. His oxygen levels were perfect yeah. considering, you know, all the different things that were going on. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, again, your labor, like people think, oh, my labor is going to be one thing. It's never going to be the way right. that it's going to be. Right. Yeah. That's, I, I think it's very courageous too, that you really were committed to having a vaginal birth and that you fought for it. Um, I think that a lot of women don't know their power when they're in the delivery room. They don't know that they can make the rules. It's really important to remember that you are, um, you know, you're paying the hospital. So you are there as their client. And it's really important to remember that you can say no, you can say no. And a lot of women don't think they can, or they are afraid of the doctor. And they do, you know, in some cases use fear to kind of scare you and um, into doing what they want you to do, because they have, you know, preferences as well, and how they want to do it. And they're used to doing it. But I, so I think it's really important to take your birth preferences and know that, you know, you're really committed to um, certain things. And so I love that you, you know, spoke up and, and also knew your own power because you really tuned into that. Women are so powerful and you're so powerful. So the fact that you, you know, tuned into your body, I love that. I think that's so amazing. It's kind of scary too, Dora. Like literally even during pregnancy, they were trying to get me to do the VTAP, to do the Yeah. Um, it's a I business. Said no, I declined. Yeah. And then the, the glucose test, which let me just talk about the glucose test real quick because it is so wrong that they're making pregnant women do this. They give women a drink. It's a syrup drink that has high fructose corn syrup. It has blue three, red four, all these ingredients that I cannot even enunciate. And you're supposed to drink it. It's supposed to really spike your blood sugar. And they're gonna see how like high your blood sugar gets to see if you have if you have um, diabetes while you're pregnant. It's just so yeah. Gesta gest uh, uh, gestational, gestational diabetes, diabetes yeah. And um, I refuse that. So what Good. women can do is they can get a finger prick where they get like a little monitor. It's a lifestyle libre, and they can actually keep finger pricking themselves for a little bit i did mine for like two weeks the lady's like oh we had to do it for a few days i'm like you know, i'm a biohacker I'm yeah like, see, like, i like this this is fun for me <laughs> it was so much fun because i got to, i got to spike my own blood sugar you yeah know, i have fresh orange juice yeah cheat day yeah i had day and I really my blood sugar was good like my blood, my blood sugar didn't get anything over what they were worried about and yeah so it was it was kind of a fun experiment but there are always you can always ask for different options yeah when you're pregnant and do the research too because I think that's one thing you're very well researched and you kind of already have an idea that 
you know, not everything that the doctor says is going to be beneficial to you, you know, because they are, there is, it is a money-making business and, you know, they make a lot of money doing what they do. And so just remembering, you know, what the intention is behind every test and every shot. I mean, the fact that they want to, you know, um, do like, they want to do coronavirus testing right now during pregnancy as well and all that stuff. So it's, it's very interesting. And I think it's just good to kind of use your intuition and tune into what, you know, feels right for you as well. That's interesting that you say that about the Corona because, um, two things about that. First of all, when I went there, I had to, they had to swab me to make sure that I didn't have it. And during that time, so my doula wasn't allowed my, my boyfriend, the guy, he wasn't even allowed to come in until after I got the Corona, after I got the COVID test. And until I was almost five centimeters, almost halfway done with my labor. And I'll be honest, that makes me I was one of those people. Sad. I was like, well, I don't know if I'm going to get an epidural. Girl, when I started getting those contractions, like, yeah. I was like, why can't I get pain management? <laughs> yeah. Why can't yeah. I get pain management? Yeah. Yeah. I, did, I did an epidural. And you know what? I didn't hit it a lot when I was about to push or towards the end. I just let the epidural wear off. So I could feel the contractions when I push. But, um, that was really interesting. Like the whole COVID thing, it was really having a baby during COVID. I really wasn't mad about it. I got a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. I, um, the room, I, no one was really up in the maternity ward right. and I have a lot of allergies. So I have a penicillin allergy and a latex allergy. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you, I had an extra bracelet. Like there is a sign on the door yeah. when I ordered, when I did get food, it was on my food order. I had mm-hmm. a peanut allergy too. All these allergies were like on every single yeah. thing, which I thought was really cool. That's that good. They, that they made sure that there was no cross contamination with me. That's good. Um, but the other thing I was going to say about the about COVID is that the H two they just came out with a study from the Baron saying that H two is a uh, therapeutic therapy for COVID. Oh really? I love it. Yeah. I love it, man. H two. Miracle supplement. I know. I love it. So, so you're, so you and your boo, do you biohack together? Okay. So we talked about this last year. We want to share that. When I first met my boyfriend, he was eating lupia. (laughs) Lupia. He was, yeah, no. My boyfriend, I love my boyfriend. He's super good. He's, he's so open to biohacking and trying new things out. He's not going to do a coffee enema. He's not going to go there yet. Right. But he, um, yeah, he was totally open to it. I was all about the red lights and I moved in with him and we started, you know, we mouth taped together, but he has astigmatism in his eye and we've been dating for a little over two years and he's now gone to the eye doctor twice to go get, you know, for prescription. He has to go every year for his contacts and his doctor always looks at his eye and he got blue blockers now, glasses, which is pretty cool. And his stigmatism was getting worse when he was going in. Since we've been dating, dating his stigmatism has gotten, it was the same. And he just went a few weeks ago and the doctor said that it looks a little bit better. Wow. So you attribute it to using the red light at night, having him on the blue blockers, mm-hmm. uh, doing the magnesium. I think magnesium is really good, but we don't realize a lot of the mitochondria is right here in our eye. Yeah. A lot of it is. Yeah. And melatonin, melanopsin, mm-hmm. all of that stuff for our hormones is signaled through our eye. Our eyes. Yeah. 
Does he wear the, so he wears blue blockers at night, the red ones. Does he wear the, um, like, you know, there's the yellow ones for during the day. Does he wear those two or just the red no, ones? He only has, so he just has prescription blue blocker glasses. Okay. He only wears them like at night. Mm -hmm. He usually has, he has contacts during the day, which I know it covers a UV. I know, but I have them too. It, it's, I don't want to wear glasses all the time. I just don't. Yeah, <laughs> so you do what you can, you know? My boyfriend's still active. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's funny because my boyfriend will be like, uh, oh, what, what new supplement did you put? Because I do all our pills and our supplements and stuff. And I just throw whatever. He doesn't even know what the heck he's taking. I'm putting, I'm like, yeah, put some deer antler in this week. Same with, uh, same with my boyfriend. <laughs> it's like all wacky. And he's, oh, he's like, like, whatever, like, just... Yeah. Give it to me. I'll t I'll take it. You know. <laughs> it's so funny because sometimes I wonder. I'm like, is my boyfriend a biohacker by default because he's just around me and like that's just like my nature. Yeah. Is that that's who I am? I'm consistent with everything. But yeah, I mean, he's all about. I do the. Sh I mean, I'm always buying the shot. You know, shower filters. I get um, the reverse osmosis water and glass carboys. So. He's with it, but I do feel like I'm kind of like that, that like little synergy. You're the catalyst. Yeah, I'm the catalyst. Yeah. So, to help it with like the synergy of everything. But yeah, he's a lucky guy. He's a lucky guy because, you know, that, that's one of the things. I think of all the things my boyfriend brings to my life, but I know I bring health to his life. Like, you know, we, we eat organic. We, we eat most only organic pretty much. And, you know, we were on supplements and we do red light and, I, like I have a red light next to his desk and just little things, you know, a grounding mat we sleep on. We go earthing every day, like, you know, vitamin D, all these things that he didn't really know about before we started dating. So I, I know that you're bringing a lot of, a lot of things and quality to your, to your boyfriend's life. And you've also created a child who is benefiting from all of that because two parents who are biohacking, Man, that's so powerful to create a to create a human that way. That's like amazing in so many ways. So that's awesome. Okay, and then the other thing that I wanted to ask you about was um, we had talked a little bit last time about toys, so like baby toys and stuff like that. I know that um, you are pretty big about toys that are made in the United States, like local toys, um, toys not coming from China. So tell, tell us a little bit about that. So the FDA, as far as regulations with, in China, they're very low. You can get away with a lot of stuff and then it gets imported here. And a lot of them are not BPA free. And we're finding that BPA in plastic is estrogenic. It's causing fish to have infertility. It's causing humans infertility. Plastics They're, everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. We were talking about plastic. Yes. We were doing so good with plastic. And then as soon as COVID hit, it's like we've really gone back to plastic, using plastic bags for groceries. Takeout food is in plastic. There's so much more plastic. Plastic partitions now. Yeah. I mean, the plastic industry is Booming. Booming. This is exactly what they need a pandemic yeah. in order to have more plastic produced, but it's really not helping our environment mm -hmm. in any way, shape, or form. But as far as um, toys go, I want to first of all support USA made toys because 
right now we're going through a pandemic, so I'm sure that businesses are really happy. You know, that's the thing too, is when small, when I, when you find a small business and you purchase from them, they do a little happy dance. When you purchase from a big business, they don't know. Just another, you're just yeah. another freaking number. Yeah. So that's why I like it. Also, you want to use sustainable things, things like bamboo, things that like wood. And I know it sounds funny. I definitely, you know, I'm not going to say I don't have any plastic toys. I've had some pass-me-downs and the toys I do have, I make sure that they're Right. Or I use a recycled plastic, which I think is a better is a better option. Use of plastic because I know that hey, okay, this is not just some plastic someone made. This is some other yeah. kid's toy that's going to be recycled that my kid can now use. It's like upcycle. Mm-hmm. So I think it's kind of like that whole circle of life. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and I think you know one of the things I know in Montessori they really talk about using um, like earth. Um, earth made toys. So like wood, um, you know, even things that like rocks, things like that. Like you, you want to be very conscious of as little man-made materials as possible. So I know that that, that's something, you know, they're really big on as well. Okay. So I'd love to ask you a few of the questions that we ask, um, everybody, every guest on the show. Uh, so what nourishes your soul? my family and my baby mm-hmm. definitely more yeah. than ever but also sunshine just going outside feeling the sun feeling the cold grass underneath my feet mm-hmm. just being thankful for another day that I can biohack and share my knowledge and love just yeah. like oh, yeah I just love to love I love it you are and you are lovely um what is your wish for the world in this coming year I wish that we would all get healthier and go outside and and hug each other. I, I'm really missing hugs and like social connection. I'm really wishing that for the world. I'm wishing for, I know it sounds, you know, cliche, but some type of normal yeah. where we can hang out with our family again and mm-hmm. I can see my friends and not have to wear a mask and yeah. stay six feet apart. Yeah. Yeah, worry about a toilet paper shortage. That's not that's not what I want on the Right. <laughs> Makes sense. I, I I feel you. What is the most powerful thing that people can do to contribute to a more beautiful world? Working on themselves. The more you work on yourself, the more you fill your cup, the more you can fill someone else's cup. Mm-hmm. Work out. Meditate. Eat right. Drink a lot of water. Try to get rid of stinking thinking, mm-hmm. right? That's what I call it, stinking thinking. <laughs> we all have it. And when we do stinking thinking, it becomes a stinking word and then yeah. a stinking action. Yeah, I love it. That's so good. So true. Yeah. Well, less stinking thinking and more love. I love it. Yes. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on Season of Soul. And I can't wait to share all of this. The, the show notes are going to be amazing. I know we're going to share all the the goodies down below. I hope you have the best day ever and I will talk to you soon. Thanks, Dora.